We'll have the little ones follow Miss Bailey as we prepare for the word. And uh, we'll have a, Elise, is everything set? The recording and everything? We're up? Amen. 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 I'm going to ask you guys a, a, a favor, if you don't mind. Well, never mind. You're, you're fine. You're comfortable. Uh, we'll just we'll just hold tight right there. How's everybody doing today? Great. We got a few people that are out of town today. It's that time of weekend. I take it that you guys are visiting uh, from uh, what part? We're from Wilmington, Delaware. Wilmington, Delaware. Awesome. How long will you be here? Okay. All right. Well, we, we, promise, we promise to send you back happy. Amen. <laughs> we send you back with a big smile on your face. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we're, we're real here. So you can just kick back and relax and uh, just really receive from God. Uh, and the Lord really want to bless us this morning. Let us pray as we prepare to go into the word of the Lord. Father, we just thank you this morning, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord God, that you are the power and that you are the glory. Father, I pray this morning, Lord, that you would be magnified and you would be glorified, Father, in our service. Lord, touch every heart. Lord, we are anxious to hear a word from you. These people did not come to see me this morning. They have come to hear a word from you. So, Holy Spirit, we pray that you are quickened this morning, moved by your spirit, And Father, we'll give you the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be starting a brand new series uh, this morning. And uh, we're going to be talking about the subject of passion. Um, One of the things I I'm one of those guys who uh, who love sports. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I love those Gatorade commercials when they talk about it's in you. And what we're going to talk about this morning is, is it in you? And we're talking about this thing of passion. Um, one of the things about uh, our church is we have a vision. Our vision is to train and equip the believer to be a mature disciple who loved the word of God and is passionate about their faith and devotion in Jesus Christ. When God first called me into ministry, one of the things that I knew that he had stirred in me was this thing of passion. Because as I was walking and, and, and growing in my, in my relationship with God, and, and still am growing, how many know we never stop growing in God, that I begin to see, you know, sometimes that there seemed to be a lack of passion in the people of God, about the things of God. And I often wonder what that was because I found myself, you know, uh, you know, coming into the kingdom of God. I was really, really just on fire, and I had such a zeal for God. I want you to turn with me to Psalm 42 for starters. Psalm 42. And the psalmist here kind of gives us a picture of what it is when we have a heart that is passionate about our God. He says in verse number one, I'm only going to read like five verses, four verses here. He says, as the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. 
my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, where is your God? And what we see there is in the psalmist's voice, he doesn't have a, a casual relationship with God. What you can hear is that there is a passion in his, in his soul because he says, my soul thirsts and longs for God. How many of you have ever been there where you say, Lord, I am hungry. I am thirsty for God. I got to have you, Lord. I mean, there have been times in my life that even when, you know, that, that you know, I, I remember you know, every now and then I get, I get called out on my other job and, and, uh, and, I, and I don't get an opportunity to, to read the word right away. And I, and I can be in the middle of doing anything. I can be doing something else and it'll come to me. I, I just need to get the word. I need to get some food into my soul. I need to get into the presence of God because there is something that there's a passion there's something that drives you. What, what, what is it that drives you? What is it that makes you get up every morning? What is it that makes you excited? What is it that, get, that sets a fire in your life? What is it in your life that causes you to get up and say, oh, Lord, this is going to be a great day? What is it that makes you do that? Because this morning we're talking about passion. What are you, what are you passionate about? See, passion defined is the way we define it is in Webster, who I believe is a Christian, he's a believer. Well, Webster says, and it's an overmastering feeling, a strong liking or desire or devotion to an activity, an object or concept. See, passion will not only cause you to live for something, but it will cause you to die for something. What was it about the disciples? We think about the disciples. Men who gave up everything. They gave up their families. They gave up uh, their comfort zones. They gave up their jobs. They put down everything so that they can go, they could go and follow Jesus. I think about even back in, in the 1950s and 60s, I remember, you know, Martin Luther King, for an example, when he was fighting for civil rights and, and the, he talked about all the times that, that, that there were threats on his life. And we all know that prophetic statement that he had before he died. He said, I'm not really worried about that right now. He said, because my eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. In other words, he knew that he was going to die. He knew that every day his life was hanging in the balance. He knew that he probably wouldn't live too long, too much longer. But yet there was such a passion in his soul that he said, I got to do this. See, when you're passionate about something, you got to do it. Ain't nothing going to stop you from doing it. Why? Because, because it's that thing that drives you. See, passion is the fuel for life. Show me a person that lacks passion in life. I'll show you a person that's probably not going much anyplace person who lacks passion don't really have a, a sense of purpose, a sense of aim. But show me a person that got passion, that's passionate about something. I'll show you a person that's, that's up, that moves with purpose and is on fire for whatever it is that they're passionate about. How many of you know that our number one passion should be Jesus as a believer? Now, I know that some folks say, well, you know, that's just supposed to be, you know, people that are really serious about God should only be people that uh, uh, are, uh, are pastors and leaders in church. 
But you know, the Bible does not say that. See, all of us are supposed to be passionate about Jesus if you're a believer. Now, how that passion shapes up as it relates to ministry is different. I mean, you know, you may have a passion for serving, or you may have a, a passion for uh, a, a media department. You may have a passion for everybody got a different passion for different things. But the overriding passion we should have is a passion for God. It has to start there. Because if we don't have a passion for God and God first, then many times we find ourselves disappointed. Because how I many know people will let you down? Circumstances will let you down. How many have ever been let down? But I can, I'm here to tell you this morning, Jesus will never, ever let you down. So you can, see, you can go all out for God. You can go 100, 200, 300 percent. Wherever it might be, you can go all out for God and know for a fact that God will never let you down. That's why you don't have any unhealthy expectations of your mate, for an example. Because guess what? Your mate is not supposed to just make you all happy. My happiness come from God. Your happiness must come from God because guess what? They're going to let you down. They're not perfect. See, I love my wife to death, but you know what? I don't look for her to fulfill all of my needs. No, 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 no. I didn't go into the marriage thinking that. If you went into the marriage thinking that, you're going to be like, uh-oh, you're going to be in trouble. My passion is God. And I have discovered in life that the more I seek him, the more I live for him, the more at peace that I am. And oftentimes I find myself wanting him even more. Because I have found that, that, that there's something in him that, that, that satisfies the deepest longings of my soul. And you can't find it in people. You can't find it in drugs. You can't find it in alcohol. See, these are all uh, designed to pull you away from the truth. And so we can go all out for Jesus. See, passion, it, it, it energizes your life. Passion is, is inspirational. You ever seen a person that is on fire for something? That they have the capacity, not only uh, are they on fire, but, but they ignite other people. I, you know, it's like a magnet. You ever find somebody, you ever try to argue with somebody that's passionate about an issue? All of us have been there, right? When you're really, there's something that all of us are really, really passionate about. And boy, you sit me down. You start talking about that. You know, I could be just sitting here, just, you know, listening to a conversation. But then also you hit on something I like. Whoa, whoa. And, 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 and when we're passionate about something, what do we want to do? Boy, we want to argue our point and we'll tell a person, do this, do that. And, and, and we'll just really get at them because you have to see it my way. And what they're really saying to you is, I'm really passionate about this. This is really, 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 really important to me. So when you find something that you're passionate about, boy, you, you want to persuade. You don't care much about what people say or think about you. You know why? Because I'm passionate about it. this. This is this is what I'm all about. You heard me make a statement a moment ago how that I believe the church lacks passion. The church is effective. Jesus said that the gates of hell will not ever prevail against the church. Good to know that we already know that. But I believe that as the people of God, we can, that, that we're not as effective as we should be. You know, sometimes if we, if we struggle, you, you talk to a person, Lord, I, I, I don't want to read the Bible. I don't have any desire to pray. I don't really have a desire to come out to church. 
then you know what you know what the issue there is? They lack desire and passion. Because here's one of the things I found out. How many of you know that when you find something that you really want to do, you move heaven and earth to do it? Am I right about it? It doesn't matter what it is. If, if you show me a person, when people tell you, a lot of times when people tell you they, they can't do it, they don't want to, it's not that, it's just that they, they don't have, the, it's not that important to them. But let me tell you, but boy, you tell me something, something I'm passionate about, something that I want to do, I'll move heaven and earth to do it. You know why? Because I'm passionate about that. That, that I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. I mean, no that we have to have this kind of, see, I'm passionate about this. I'm preaching this morning because I'm passionate about Jesus. And you should be passionate about Jesus. See, if you're trying to share your, see, don't, see, the church, see, we can't be worried about, oh, 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 oh well, you know, what are people going to think about me if I start talking about Jesus? I don't care, brother, because, you see, he's my life, and I want you to know who he is. I want you to know how this man changed me. I want you to know how he changed my life. He gave me hope. He gave me a purpose. He set me on a course of destiny. I am prosperous because of him. And I don't have a problem telling you. In fact, I listen, you got this, you got to come to God. You must. You see, when people are passionate about Jesus, you don't mind sharing your faith. You don't mind telling people about the goodness of the Lord. I don't care what you think about me. I don't care if you don't, you don't like what I'm saying. But I love you, brother, and I want you to hear what God has done in my life. See, when he really touched you, I mean, no, it'll change you. When he really touched you, it'll change you. It'll take you. God has a way of taking you out of your comfort zones. I tell people all the time, you know, when I was in college, I'll never forget it. I had a, I had a speak. I took a speech class. I'm sorry, public speaking class. And this guy basically, the instructor, broke my spirit. And so he said, that was absolutely terrible. He said, your diction was horrible. And I, you know, because I was terrified of talking in front of people, scared to death. I mean, the very thought of talking in front of people was make me sick on my stomach. I was, th- you know, and, and, and you know, but, 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 you know, after a while, <laughs> you know, I got, got saved, got on fire for God. You can't shut me up. Put me in an atmosphere where there's a bunch of folk. Let me preach to you, brother, because I got something to say to you. I have now something. I'm not afraid. You know why? Because passion, baby. And when you're passionate about something, you're willing, you're willing to go to the extra mile. You're willing to take the next step. It doesn't matter what people say. because, And you know when people are passionate. Come on. Boy, you, you know, and you know what, what, what is really, really important to people. But there's something about God has called all of us to be passionate about Jesus. You're supposed to be on fire for your God. The people can't keep your mouth shut. There are folks, you you ever been around people like that? I mean, you know, every time, you know, they'll talk and after a while, man, you know, you may talk about everything else and everything. But sooner or later, boy, a person's on fire for God. Sooner or later, that thing will come back to God. Before you know it, they're going to be preaching. And you're like, oh, man. If you're passionate about it, you'll love it. But if you're not passionate about the things of God, you'll be like, oh, please shut up. But I love being around some folks that want to talk about the goodness of the Lord. I love being around people that are excited, that just, just preach to me. Brother, give me a word from the Lord. I want to hear that. Why? Because that's my passion. That's my heart. That's what I'm all about. You see? See, passion is what separates the men from the boys and the women from the girls. See, passion is what separates the prayers from the players. 
Passion is what separates the intercessors from the interferers. Passion is what separates the contenders from the pretenders. Passion is what separates the complementary from the complainers. Passion is what uh, support. Uh, passion is what separates the supporters from the reporters. Come on, I'm preaching this one. Ain't good, isn't it? See, passion. Gee, turn to turn to uh, Luke chapter number twelve. Let me show you. We're going to take this thing. Jesus, this is, this is a powerful scripture. Every time I read it, there's, it's like, you ever seen a, a, a dog or a cat when they get really excited and they get mad and their hair kind of jumps up on their back? Every time I read this scripture, it's like goosebump. It's like little hair just jump up on me because I can sense the fire in this thing. But Luke chapter number 12, verses 49 through 43. Luke chapter 12, verses 49 through 43. Watch this. Are you with me? Say amen. Watch this. He says, now, I came to send fire on the earth. This is Jesus talking. And how I wish it was already kindled. (laughs) But I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all but rather division. Do you suppose that I came to give peace on earth? I tell you, not at all, but rather division. Verse 52, four from now on, five in one house will be divided. Three against two, two against three. Father will be divided against son and son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against mother, mother mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law and daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Now look at this thing what Jesus said. Now, since the fire and the passion in him, he said, I came to send fire on the earth. You see, you can't light a fire if you're not on fire yourself. Come on. If you're not on fire for God yourself, then how do you expect that anybody else going to be lit up? Jesus said, look, he came in. Jesus came into this thing. He was on fire. He said, look, he said, I came to send fire on the earth. And I wish that it was already kindled. In other words, Jesus was saying he was speaking of passion. He said, I came to send fire on the earth. And, and boy, I wish that, and it's almost like saying, he was saying, I wish that you already was on fire. I wish you could already sense what I'm talking about right now. And his whole thing was that, you know, when you're passionate about stuff, watch this now, watch carefully. Particularly when we talk about being passionate about Jesus. When you start getting passionate about Jesus, you know, it has the capacity to shake some things up. Jesus said, that, see, there are some times when you become really passionate about something. That there's some people ain't going to want to talk much to you. There's some people that will cut you off. See, that's what Jesus meant when he said that, that, that there's going to be some division. Why? Because if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be passionate about me, it's going to cost you something. When I first got, came into the kingdom of God, I mean, I was on fire. And, and you know what? And I, I didn't tell people to stop hanging around me who didn't know God. They just said, Something wrong with that brother. I don't want to kind of be too close to him because he's on fire. And when you're on fire, you have the capacity to start some other fires. If people get too close to you, they'll get burned. Hallelujah. But that's what you want. You want to be on fire. Jesus said that I wish that it was already kindled. See, a person that's passionate, they want you to see it their way. They're, they're like, I wish that you, I wish, Brother Larry, that you could feel the fire and the passion that is in my soul. Like Jeremiah said, it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. 
I cannot contain this. But then he goes on to say in verse 50, but I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Passion. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus, listen, Jesus was saying, I came on the earth to die. I came to give my life for the sins of the world. And, and, and in one place, the disciples came and Jesus said, Jesus, won't you eat? You haven't ate for days. Jesus said, wait, wait, wait. You don't understand. I have meat to eat that you do not know of. In other words, what Jesus was saying, I got a baptism. I have been immersed into this thing. And I am distressed until I accomplish what God has sent me to do. What was it? Passion. What was it that caused all these people to follow Jesus, the disciples to drop down their nets and follow him? Passion. Passion. They left everything to follow him. He's, I got a baptism to be baptized with, and I, I just got to accomplish this thing. I'm distressed until I accomplish what God has called me to do. Passion. See, what is it that you're passionate about? What is it that you're passionate about? Because here's the, here's the thing. That if anything else in your life that you're more passionate about than your relationship with God, it's going to lead to disappointment. You remember the rich young ruler. I won't have you turn there for uh, time's sake. But in Matthew, I believe, uh, I'm sorry, Mark, I believe, chapter 10, verses 17 through 19, Here's a rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus, right? And this guy is rich. That's why he called him the rich young ruler. Jesus, he's all excited. Jesus, what shall I do? What can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? I'm going to paraphrase. What can I do to inherit the kingdom? And Jesus says, uh, you know, keep all the commandments, obey and do the things that you're supposed to do. And uh, rich young ruler is all excited. Yes, I'm I've done all of that stuff. I'm good. I, I, I've kept all the rules. I kept, Jesus, no, 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 no. There's one thing you lack, though. Well, what? Well, I mean, you just said, I mean, I, I keep all the commandments. I do all. What is it that you lack? He said, go, take everything you got. I want you to sell it and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. You know what the scripture said he did? He said he can't do it. The scripture said that he walked away crying, <laughs> basically. Sorrowful. Because he, in essence, he was saying, I love my checkbook more than I love you. Jesus said that, listen, I wish that you were hot or cold. You can't serve God and money. You got to make up your mind. How many know God would never be second place to anybody? I mean, he's never going to be second place to anybody. And so this rich young ruler, he said, uh, he said uh, I can't do this. I got to go. And he left sorrowful. He left disappointed. Why did he leave disappointed? Because his passion wasn't for the things of God. You know what? God God has an interesting way of doing this. God knows exactly what it is that you're more passionate about. And usually God, it wasn't that God is requiring all of us to give up our money. Right. So nobody needs to get all scared and say, God's calling me to give up everything I got. He might. But nobody's saying that's not what he's saying. But for him. Jesus knew exactly what his issue was. And God will come to you and God will say to you, I mean, I can remember I give an example. And I was, uh, you know, I like to golf and I used to spend like hours at the driving range. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and I will and I will go there sometime. I got to a point that I was probably dropping about, I don't know, 50 or 60 bucks a week, not playing golf, just hitting golf balls at the range because I wanted to work on my perfect golf shot. 
And I remember just, just every day I couldn't wait to get off from work because I'm going to go to the driving range. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you're doing this too much. And I started rebuking the devil. Now, deep down, I knew that I was already out there too much. I was I mean, was I sinning? No. I wasn't really doing anything wrong. But I was becoming so passionate about this that it was beginning to go into other areas that would affect God's ability to use me as he saw fit. And God said, you need to pull back. Now, if I would have said to God, you know what, I'm not going to pull back because I really like this golfing a whole lot. And you know what, I know I should be in church this week, but I'm going to go out here and I'm going to play golf. I mean, no, I would have been like the rich, long ruler. I would have been sorrowful. I'm going to tell you why. Because anything that you put before God, it never satisfies. It's always going to disappoint you. It's when you see God designed you and me to be lovers of him first. Seek first the what? Kingdom and all of these things will be added unto you. So then when God becomes that our number one, our greatest passion, our number one pursuit in life, guess what? Everything else falls into place. Everything else falls into place. I tell my kids, my kids, my son is my oldest son back there, Christian. I tell all my kids all the time, and I've been saying this to them for years, I love all of them. They would die for either one of them, and I don't say that just to be saying it. I will lay my life down for every one of my kids. I will lay my life down for my wife, for my entire family, because you know what? I love them. I'll die for them. But they, they'll tell you right up front, dad, Dad, the, the number one thing, the thing that dad loves the most is his relationship. with. They know it automatically because they, when they look for dad, they can't find dad. Where is dad? Dad has gone away. I mean, I'll just up and leave and I'll just be in the presence of God. And they know that when it comes to God, if I got to make a decision about God and them, they will lose every time. In actuality, they win. But they will lose if they want to, me to have to make a decision between them and God. Why? Because he is my number one passion. And it should be that way because if he is my number one passion, then everything sets into place. Your life, my, my life, and my family is going to be great. You know why? Because he's first. I'm going to have a great marriage. You know why? Because he's first. My kids are going to be blessed. You know why? Because he's first. Now, when I start flipping that thing around, that's when you start having problems. And I've, I've been around many, many parents weeping and crying and, you know, and, you know, my other full-time job, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a policeman. And, uh, and I've been in many houses. I've seen parents crying and weeping because their son or daughter let them down. And it's a sad thing. But what I've learned is that you've got to put your hope and your trust in God. And he'll take care of the rest. Look at Luke chapter number 10. Just to jump on over. We're going to move through these rather quickly. I don't want to keep you too long. Luke chapter number 10. You all know the story of Mary and Martha. And I started reading in verses 38 through 42. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted. Watch that now. Distracted. With much serving. 
<laughs> and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Therefore, Lord, tell her to help me. Now, she's angry. See? See, this sister is upset. Lord, do, do you not care? I mean, when you start using that kind of language, I mean, no, that's not pleasurable language. I mean, when she has gotten, watch this now, she has gotten upset at Jesus. When the whole thing is about Jesus. That's why you're here this morning, because it's about who? Jesus. Everything is about, why do we serve? It's for who? Everything we do is about who? Jesus. She's upset. Because she was more distracted with her serving. And she gets mad at says, do you not care that she's left me alone? And then look what Jesus said. Jesus says, and I love, and I can see the, the, the love in his eyes in verse 41. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, honey, sweetheart, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed. Everybody say needed. And Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. See, Martha was more passionate about serving. Now, watch this. Ain't no wrong with being passionate about serving because everybody have passion and you know, we have gifts. But the, our greatest pursuit in life and greatest passion must be Jesus. When Jesus shows up, everything else stops and where does the focus go? On Jesus. Martha was so concerned about all the other stuff, she missed the real point. Martha, wait a minute, do you not know that this is about Jesus? But Mary, and I imagine that Mary was helping, she was serving until Jesus came. I'm sorry, Mary was serving until Jesus came, and then when Jesus came, Mary just said, I got to stop now. I got to stop now because Jesus is in the house, and he is my greatest pursuit in life, so therefore I got to stop. I got to worship him. I got to give him the glory. See, that's why we do here in this church. When there's time to worship, everything else stops. And where does the focus go? On him. Because this is our greatest pursuit as a believer. It should be as a Christian. Turn with me to Philippians chapter number three, and we're almost done. Philippians chapter number three. Are y'all being blessed this morning? Philippians chapter number three. Watch this. And start reading in verses number eight through ten. That is one of the best babies. She is just as quiet. I think a lot of times they're quiet at that age and then they start to change. You know, somewhere, somewhere they just, you know, they're quiet for a while and then they just get, next thing you know, you look up and wow, they're screaming and yelling. It's like, what happened to that quiet little child? I've been there, done it four times, hallelujah. And they still screaming. <laughs> All right. Philippians chapter number three. He says, listen, to this is the Apostle Paul. Paul says, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have watched this. I have suffered the loss of all things. Mm -mm -mm. This is powerful. Paul said, I lost everything. I've given up everything. He said, and, but then here's how he looked at it. But he said, I count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. And be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Watch this, that I might know him 
and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death if by any means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. What was Paul's number one pursuit? Paul was a man, Paul had status. I mean, to be a Pharisee back in those days, I mean, they would greet you. They would honor you. Paul was well-educated. Paul was more zealous than anybody else. But then the Apostle Paul, he came to a place where he said, you know what? I'm willing to give all of that up. My number one passion or pursuit in life, watch this, I want to know him. He goes a bit further. He says, you know what? I am even willing. I want to go through the fellowship of his suffering. Whatever Jesus experienced, I want to experience the same thing so I know what it feels like to be raised from the dead. I want to know him. This became Paul's greatest pursuit in life is to know him, to know him. Not it wasn't about money. I mean, no, there are a lot of people. I have passion for money. I mean, money is like the scripture says money is like a bird, something to that effect that fly away. I mean, ever try to catch it and just where do I want to go? <laughs> that's prophetic. Money just kind of escapes you. That's the way it's, it's just never really satisfied. Paul wasn't looking for, uh, he, you know, it wasn't about money. It wasn't about trying to get a bigger house, a bigger car. It wasn't about trying to, uh, you know, uh, uh, anything else that, that you know, it, it wasn't about fame or any of that. For the Apostle Paul, it was about this one thing. I just want to know him. I want to know him. I want to know who he is. I want to fellow. I want to. I want. I want to get in his presence. How I many of you have that kind of passion for Jesus? I just want to know him. I don't need anything. I want to know him. I want to know him. <laughs> I'm willing to die. I'm willing to do whatever it is I got to do. But I want to know him. This the Apostle Paul. This became his number one pursuit in life. He said, boy, I, I am going to follow after him. You remember I told you at the onset of this message that God called us as a church. He said, he said to me years ago that, that to build a culture of people that are not religious, not legalistic, but a culture of people that are passionate. That when people come through our doors, they can sense that, boy, these people, they love their God. They, they can sense their passion. Paul says, this is my number one pursuit in life. I didn't care about anything else. I just want to know. Him. You know, now you may be saying to yourself, well, pastor. I hear you. That's all good and fine. But can I be honest with you? I'm not there. I understand that I should be loving God. I understand that I, I need to be passionate. I understand, but pastor, can you tell me, how do I get there? Because I'm not there yet. I mean, you know, that growing in grace is a process, just like the little baby there, you know? You have to grow in, in stages. But there are some things that you must do in order to make it happen. And I'll give you a couple things, uh, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here. This will be real quick. Number one. You got to acknowledge that you first lack passion and desire for God. See, if you lack passion and desire for the things of God, just say, God, I don't have that passion. Secondly, we need to just stop making excuses about it. Well, I got this to do. I got that to do. No, 
is that we lack that hunger and that thirst for God. So we need to just acknowledge. How many know God can handle us? I mean, I found that with God, I just tell God exactly where I am. I mean, you know, you can just say, God, this is where I am. And your prayer time, I hope you have a prayer time every day. You get before God and you pray and you invite God into your life before you just run out of the door. Before you do anything, invite God and talk to God about your issues. God, talk to God. But when you just acknowledge to him. And then three, you need to surround yourself with people who are passionate about God. You know, how many of you are, you ever heard the phrase, you are what you eat? See, listen. We need to have friends that are, who are not believers because we're trying to reach unbelievers, right? But the core of who we are, how I many know that, that if I'm trying to be passionate about, you need to hang around folks that are passionate about God. If, you, if all your time is hung with, around with people who don't have any desire for God at all, then how can you expect to have any kind of passion for God? You yourself, if, if your whole group of people is everybody is about everything else but God. So you want to develop a passion for God, then here's what we need to do. Connect with people that are. And if you got people, if you want to, you know, you want to get them passionate, connect them with this church. And have them hang around me for a little while. I'll get you on fire. I'll get you on fire. It's out of the glory of God. Hallelujah. Then you need to feed yourself with the word of God. I mean, you, know, you just need to, you need to get that word down in your spirit. See, this talk, this is how you cultivate. See, passion, you got to cultivate it. You got to cultivate passion. You get this thing and you begin to read the word. You begin to listen to it. Well, pastor, I don't like reading. I fall asleep and I read. Listen to it on tape. Well, I don't like the tape. The tape just put me to sleep, too. Well, look at it on TV. <laughs> yeah. Do get the word down in your spirit. Talk to somebody who can tell you about it. Do whatever you got to do. Then here's a big one. Pray for passion. Just pray, say, Lord, I want to be on fire like Pastor Bailey. I want to be on fire like Brother Larry. I want to, I want to be on fire like, like, like Sister Jill. I, God, I, I, I see that passion. Help me to get there. I'm going to tell you something. God will honor that prayer. If you're serious about that, before you know it, you'll be walking just on fire. Everybody, look, what's wrong with this sister? She's on fire. Somebody try to put some water on her. You know. Walk in fire. That's the way you should be. Now, I'm not talking about any religious sense. In a legalistic sense where, you know, nobody want to be around you. You know, some people, just, sometimes they're just flaky. People get way out there. It's like, dude, what's up? I mean, come on, let's, let's be real. I ain't talking about that kind of passion. I'm talking about that there's just a fire that burns. And people can see you and say, "Woo, boy. And they know if they get too close to you, they're going to get it. In a good way, they're going to get it. Hallelujah. Pray for passion. And then watch this. Number six. We only have seven. Number six. Be convinced of what you believe about God. See, you can't be passionate about something that you don't have any faith in. See, there are people that are still struggling with whether or not the book is the full word of God. I was talking with one brother the other day. He was trying to tell me, oh, the Bible. I don't really believe that the Bible is the entire word of God. And I'm not really sure. I said, brother, how are you going to develop a conviction and a passion about the things of God if you don't really believe that this is the book that comes from God. See, if you're going to develop a passion with God, you got to be concrete in what your beliefs are. you got to have a conviction that I know that this is the word. And, and, and you know what? I'm going to live by this thing. It might hurt. <laughs> God, you want me to do that? Oh, no. Well, let me tell you, you'd be all the better for it. Just like last week, we talked about that medicine my mom used to give me this call service. It was nasty. What was the call? Start with a C. It's a castro, uh, 
Yeah, yeah, that used to give me, and that stuff was horrible. But boy, it did a work on you when you let it get down in you. It, it fixed you up real good. Fix you up. But sometimes it's like that with the word of God. You might, yeah, oh, this don't taste right. Ew, ugh, ugh. Going to church, ugh, hanging with Christians, ugh, ugh. But after a while, it's like, hmm. Like that Starbucks coffee. I first tried Starbucks coffee, it was nasty. Ugh. But now, boy, I love it. It's the best thing in the world to my soul. I love me some Starbucks coffee. And some Dunkin' Donuts, too. They ain't too bad either. But you know how it is. You gotta, sometimes you just got to acquire taste for God. Come on, right? I mean, you know, you've been in, let's just say that we've been in the world. And then you've been living a certain way. And all of a sudden you come into the kingdom of God. You ain't going to just come into the kingdom of God. Just and Some folks do. Some people get saved and they get a quick revelation. Boy, they just on. But, you know, but they cultivate that thing. They have to grow. Yeah. So we just got to grow into our fire with God. Number seven. Serve faithfully where you are. I can recall when I was, uh, when I first got saved, that I used to be in a church where people, it was like 100, you know, that's the only church I've ever been into where I really say that 100% of the people served in the church. Everybody was doing something. Everybody. And, you know, there were times I didn't feel like doing half the stuff. You know, they just asked me to do that. I was like, oh, God. But I did it. And let me tell you something. It was something about being in a culture of people that would love God and that were passionate. I started serving with them. I'm sitting there scrubbing toilets. I'm singing. I'm praising God because somebody else is over there singing and praising God. And we're talking and we're fellowshipping. There's something about being in the atmosphere with other believers that stir passion in you. There's something about coming together, being with, getting involved. You know what? I don't, I, don't, I don't know. You know, get out of the house. Get involved. Serve in some way. I don't care what it is. Figure out a way to get involved. And let me tell you something. You will be so blessed when you serve in the kingdom. Because you know what? I contributed. And I'm doing something that's storing up treasures up there. Because you know everything you do for Jesus down here, guess who's keeping an account? God. And God don't write any blank checks or, you know, you know, God got more than enough. The Bible says he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. So that means that everything I do for God, that means if I come to church and I'm picking up paper off the floor in the name of Jesus, guess what? I'm going to get blessed. If I go give somebody a cup of water, as the scripture says, in the name of Jesus, guess what? I'm going to be blessed with that. And God is sitting right back there saying, oh, yeah. And you're going to get before God one day. You're going to say, Lord. No, when, when did I do all this? And the Lord can say, you know, welcome, come into the, the kingdom of my father that inherited the kingdom that he's prepared for you before the foundation of the earth. And he started talking about all this stuff he did. Lord, when did I do all of that? I don't remember. He said, all the little stuff you did for brother and sister so-and-so, you were doing it to me. And because you did it to me, guess what? You're going to be blessed. I got a reward for you. So I don't waste no time serving my brothers and my sisters. Because I know what, even if they mistreat me, even if they treat me wrong, guess what? Guess who I'm going to get, I'm still going to get rewarded for it. Listen to this statement, I'm done. John Wesley, how many of you have ever heard of John Wesley? And I want this to be the prayer of every one of us. I, I hope and pray that you, you would join me in this prayer. But he says, they asked John Wesley, what was the secret about your ministry? He was a powerful evangelist and touched many lives. You know what he said? He said, here's what I did. He said, I asked God to set me on fire and let people watch me burn. Isn't that powerful? 
He said, I asked God to just set me on fire and let people watch me burn. And it's something about that that just was like a magnet. Suck people into it. I mean, you love being around people with passion. I mean, you love being around people that are living for something. I mean, no, we're living for Jesus and we ought to be passionate about it. Every head is closed.